In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. You know that song? Yeah? Yeah? It's sung by a lot of people, including Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and a whole bunch of others. Apparently, it dates back to 1873 and maybe even earlier. And I always thought it was a bit of a nonsense song because I like the Pete Seeger version, which you won't hear in church. Um, but turns out it's a gospel song and, and considered religious, and some of the, some of the verses are kind of silly. But that song, that's what came to mind when I read the Collect for today. The Collect is that, that prayer that the presider prays on our behalf early in the service. This morning, we prayed that God will increase in us true religion. Okay, that may fall under the heading of be careful what you pray for. What is true religion, anyway? Well, for one thing, it's a clothing brand. Anybody knew that? Yeah? They major in denim. I think Nordstrom sells it, maybe Dillard's. Uh, you know, I don't know where it's sold. When the founder was asked why he named his clothing brand true religion, he said, to me, it meant there's many religions in the world, but there's only one real religion, and that's people. Okay. All right. So, true religion. But true religion is also what gets preached in some of the more conservative evangelical Christian churches here in the U.S. At least, that's what they'll tell you. Have you ever been in a church where you had to fill out one of the pew cards before you could come for communion, where you had to be known to the pastor, you had to be known maybe to the treasurer before you were welcome as part of the congregation? There are some churches that have done that for years and some that still do that. There are also a whole lot of Christian groups that will insist that you believe this and this and this and this. And they'll post it on a signboard, they'll put it on their website, they'll put it on the back of the Sunday Bulletin. All of the different details of what people must believe, every single point, bullet pointed, for the people. There's no thinking, no questions, no ambiguity. It makes things easy, there's no confusion. But there's also no responsibility. These churches tell people exactly what they need to believe, and those are the fastest-growing churches in the United States. True religion. It's what's proclaimed in many of the churches in Africa as they define themselves against their neighbors who are Muslim, sometimes against their neighbors who are other kinds of Christian. Like the recent enactment of laws in Uganda which outlaw homosexuality, punishable by fines, jail sentences, and death. This becomes particularly ugly to contemplate when one realizes that much of the current violence around sexuality in Africa has been led for years and funded generously 
by evangelical church leaders in the United States. True religion. And in other news from Africa, a week ago, a headline. Kenya closes churches over starvation massacre that has killed 427. The pastor of the Good News International Church in Malindi asked his followers to starve to death in order to meet Jesus sooner. True religion. I recently finished an interesting book, The Book Woman's Daughter. Did you know there are people who are blue? I didn't know that. Apparently, a man from France immigrated to the United States, settled in Kentucky, and he carried within him a genetic um, anomaly in his blood that meant that he had blue cast to his skin. Perfectly natural, not life-threatening. And that got passed on down the generations. Well, those, those good, God-fearing Christians in Kentucky wrote into their laws that the people whose skin showed any trace of blue were an abomination before God and man. And they chased them, and they performed medical experiments on them, and they tortured them, and they killed them, all in the name of God, into the 1950s. Yet one more instance of true religion. In our present day, we have a lot of disagreement over reproductive care. Most of the people are invoking some kind of true religion. We lived in Kansas for 18 years, and I remember driving home on Sunday mornings down the main street between Leavenworth and Lansing, where we lived, and we'd go right past the Price Chopper grocery store, and there along the street would be arrayed good, faithful people from one of the local Catholic churches, carrying placards and signs saying, abortion is a sin, it's an abomination before God, you're all going to hell, and varieties of that sort of thing. It was in Wichita, Kansas, where a doctor was murdered in the narthex of his Lutheran church while handing out Sunday bulletins because he performed abortions. True religion. Do you know that there are also religions that think that banning abortion is against their religion because they believe in the full spectrum of healthcare availability? Like so many things, there are at least two sides. Well, true religion is many things, or at least it claims to be many things. But is all of this what true religion looks like? Is that what we prayed for this morning? Lord, increase in us true religion. Maybe we should be careful what we pray for. Remember in last week's gospel that Jesus asked, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And ultimately Jesus turned the question to the disciples asking Peter, who do you say that the Son of Man is? Well, Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Troy preached on this and suggested that instead of looking all over for messiahs that don't exist, we should look to Jesus and form a life, allow a life, make a life transformed in him. 
This morning we hear the continuation of that, Jesus telling his disciples, those same disciples that heard Peter proclaim, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, that he, Jesus, must suffer and die. And what happens? Peter jumps up and he says, no, 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 Lord. Now keep in mind, Peter is the one who Jesus has just made responsible for the foundation, the bedrock of the church. Peter takes on the formation of the early Christian community at Pentecost. He's often depicted as the spokesperson for the disciples. And it is Simon Peter, the rock, who has just proclaimed that Jesus is the Messiah, who is now saying, no, Lord, you can't do that. And then Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Because Peter, the rock, has become a stumbling block. He's become an obstacle. In Jewish understanding, the Messiah would not, could not suffer. So Peter's expectation of Jesus to be glorified was entirely consistent with what he knew as a Jewish man. Contrary to what Jesus said about going to Jerusalem, that he must be scorned and scourged and suffer horribly and be killed, Peter expected, no, that would not happen to the Messiah. That would not happen to the Son of God. And so Peter protested, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. Satan, in Hebrew Christian tradition, is the supreme embodiment of evil, it's the opposite of all that is good and righteous. It comes from the Hebrew for adversary, one who gets in the way. Well, Peter, Satan, got in the way, and Jesus told him, get behind me, get out of my way. So what does Satan look like in 2023? How many of us have had any affiliation with Arizona State University? Gone to football games, hockey games, basketball games, rooted them on when we watch them on TV, graduated from there. You know Sparky? Is that Satan? Does he look scary? Because the image we usually have of Satan is some kind of devil figure with horns and a tail and a pitchfork, and... but it's not Sparky. So I wonder, is Satan anyone who is not like me? Is Satan anyone I'm afraid of? In this charged climate, is Satan anyone I don't agree with? What does Satan look like in today's world? What is the stumbling block? What is that rock in the road that gets in the way? What is it in us, in our lives, that gets in the way of Jesus? Those are questions for which I don't have answers. And I suspect the answer to any of those questions is going to be different for each one of us. There's a curious, even archaic line in one of our hymns from a couple weeks ago. For those of you who like to look up things, it's number 371. 
Thou who didst come to bring on thy redeeming wing healing and sight. Heal to the sick in mind, sight to the inly blind. Now to all humankind, let there be light. And I wonder, aren't we all a little bit inly blind? Don't we all have our blind spots? our fears and insecurities, our knee-jerk reactions, our follow-the-crowd moments. Don't we wish sometimes that someone would just tell us what to do, what to believe, and make it easy? Yes. But isn't that also some of what it is to be inly blind? I have a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. And while I mentioned as one exercise of true religion that some churches have a bullet point list of what must be believed to belong, the Episcopal Church isn't like that. So if that's what you're looking for, you're not going to find it here. Instead, we take personal responsibility. No one is going to tell you that you have to believe X, Y, and Z in order to get into heaven, make God happy, whatever. Jesus took care of the details. It's done. It's not up to us. But it is up to us to seek answers to our own many questions. That's where the responsibility comes in. You are responsible. It's up to you to believe to read and parse scripture, to struggle through with God at your side, to make the best choices you know how to make, praying for help and strength for the journey. No one else can do it for you. The work of true religion begins with each one of us, not someone else and not everyone else. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. That follow me part is what Jesus said to Peter when he told him, get behind me, Satan. Get out of the way. Give God room to work. True religion is living in the light rather than the darkness, standing with truth instead of lies, seeking justice in all things, forgiving again and again and again, and asking for forgiveness even more often than that. True religion is loving with open hands, open hearts, open minds. This is how sight comes to the inly blind. This is how we recognize, realize true religion in our lives. Lord, increase in us true religion. Amen.